0: .fm to get started. Peace! Alright, guys welcome to anatomy of marriage what's up y'all another solo show today with just moi thank you you're you're very welcome but today i got one of our buddies and we met i don't know a couple years ago and the story of how we met is really cool his name is paul vetter what's up paul how's it going my how's man going? it's going great Good. thanks for having me right, right on right on so just introduce yourself uh let our listeners know who you are what's your story and yeah. um yeah let's start from there
1: yeah. So my name is Paul Vetter. Um, I have been married 15 years, actually this December. Uh, we have two kids. Um, we actually ended up adopting our children from foster care. Um, my, my wife and I could not, um, could not have our own kids. So we, we went the foster and adoption route. And um, I actually run an IT company uh, called VXIT down in South Florida. Uh, started around 2015 or so, uh, end of 2014, beginning of 2015. And, um, I have, uh me and my business partner have uh, 11 employees now, so, um, nice. kind of a small business, but we, we've had some, some pretty good growth and, um, yeah, I mean, how we met basically I was, uh, I was kind of done with, with the way I was doing life and my wife was kind of done with the way I was also doing life and <laughs> we, we kind of right. had a hard, dis- hard, uh, discussion and uh, I just came across some podcasts and yours being one of them. And, um, you guys and your message and kind of what you went through kind of changed the trajectory of, you know, Robin and I's life. So um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Um, it's a daily struggle, but um, I've dove into the personal development world. I think it was probably three or so years ago that we met. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I, we, just, I just reached out. We met at, well, the first ever kind of, uh, well, the first ever Anatomy of Marriage conference, AOMCon, right? Which we got the bright idea of like, hey, we live in Seattle. Let's do a conference in Chicago (laughs) for some reason, right? But uh, a a decent amount of people showed up. You were one of the guys that flew in all the way from South Florida up to Chicago in the freezing cold weather. And then we just hung out and and hit it off there. And that was just it was so cool. But I want to back up for a minute. So when you say, I oh, run a small IT company, no, I want to like, say what it is. You're the you're the co founder, yep. right? I of an IT company that places customer service first, and then does IT stuff after that, basically, yep. and you do a couple million a year, right? Yeah, we'll so, probably
1: broach uh, 3 million this year. Um,
0: yeah, so that's not awesome. a small thing, right? I'm going <laughs> to reframe that just for you and our listeners. Like, Hey, that's that's kicking ass, right? So you're an entrepreneur on that front. You're very business oriented, and that's one of the things that draws me to you, uh, just personally as as a as a friend. Is you see things how they are, right? Marriage, business, anything, life, and go. Wait a minute, I want more out of that, right? Yeah, Clearly, absolutely. you're wearing a 75 hard shirt. You're uh, a member of the Arte Syndicate, which is uh, if our listeners don't know anything about that, is Ed Milette and Andy Priscilla. And you are the one who said, "Dude, you got to do 75 hard," and that was, I think, two years ago. I think you told me that at the conference in Chicago, actually. Yeah. I was yeah. like, uh, <laughs> "No, I'm just no, I'm not. That that sounds cool, but you you go for you go for it, right? I'm I'm fine, <laughs> that, just like working out."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's generally the uh, the response that I get. They're like, "Yeah, that sounds cool, but I would never, I would never do that." Or like people, I love this is the great greatest excuse. They're like, "Oh, I could never work out two times a day," and I'm like before you start with that excuse, let me explain that a walk even counts as a workout. So as long as you're sure. moving your body, but, um, yeah, yeah. 75 hard changed my life. Um, I'm actually getting ready to do another round of it on the 18th of this month. Um, nice. so I'm going to start it again and I need to complete because uh, as you know, and some people might not know this, but there's a, a period of 75 days and then there's actually three 30 day periods. Um, and you have to do it within a span of one year, which you have mm-hmm. actually completed. Um, yeah. which is awesome. I have not completed that full year, uh, unfortunately, but that was a goal of mine by this time yeah. next year to, to have done that.
0: Yeah, I, I did it in 2020. I started January 2nd on your encouragement, right? I tried back in 2019 and just failed because it was it's bad timing, right? You, if anything, 75 hard, you have to plan your stuff out, right? Sure. But finished it in 2020. And I swear after that, I was like, I can run through brick walls. It doesn't matter. I, I, I got, I got anything, you know, but yeah. the thing is, and we were talking, uh, kind of off camera before this is, yeah. Once you do something like that, do something super hard, like you like a degree or a business, like people can't take that accomplishment away from you. It's up yeah. except, except for you, right? You're the only yeah. one that can take that away. Not like take it away, like erase history, but you can go, you can let off the gas as Ed Milet talks about. He's like, yeah, you know, we get to a certain point you know the room is comfortable temperature wise we let off the gas and then boom we're sliding back kind of thing and i did that i think all of us do that but that's one of the most <clears throat> the most difficult struggles and like in this conversation i you know i'm going to gear this towards mostly guys cuz we're just two dudes talking yeah. and of course women can get value from it too but we're going to go back and forth into motivation alcohol use being a man and then actually what it took what it takes or what it took up into that point of like oh this is bullshit F this. I'm doing stuff different. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I really appreciate your story because you are of that mindset. And I'm because I'm that mindset, too. I'm like, we're we're just, you know, similar things attract. Right. We are the sum of the five people we hang out with the most. I don't want to hang out with people who think 75 hard is super stupid and they could never do that kind of thing. And that's not a judgment. No, no, it's like, not at
1: all.
0: you know, oh, you're doing two, three mil. OK, um, what's your name? Let's go have lunch. Let's hang out. And I know you're super. You're probably the best out of all of my friends at networking in that way, because you're just all over the place, right? Yeah. So let's dive into kind of go back. I want uh, explain or kind of walk me through some of the process of where you were in your marriage and also in your life, and then what was the point to be like, okay, nope, this this change is happening now. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I I really think that it started. It actually started with me. Um, personally, although Robin, my wife was kind of the catalyst of, of beginning that change. And actually she introduced me, uh, she was the one that found your podcast, but mm. I, I felt I would get up, go to work, come home every day. And it's just, just mm-hmm. a routine. And I just felt like I was on this carousel and I'm like, I feel as, as guys, we need something, we need adventure and we need like almost, um, the book, um, Wild. A lot of heart, of heart wild at heart sort of thing. So we, we, as guys strive for adventure, we're always trying to conquer something. And I just felt like I was in this loop and it was, it was an ugly loop of me working the anxiety of starting a business. I you and I'm completely honest about this. Um, I use alcohol to help curb my anxiety, which is ironic because it actually also causes anxiety too, chemically. So um, it, it's a terrible, uh, even though I still drink now um, at, at some point, I, I think that I, and I'm not ready to yet. I'm going to place the stake in the ground where I said, where I'll say no more. Like I'm going to have to get to that point. I feel, Mm -hmm. um, I'm just not ready to do that yet for whatever, whatever lie I'm telling myself. And I I'm like, it's stupid, but it's, it's just a lie that I'm telling myself. Like I, I can control it or whatever it was. So Mm -hmm. that being said, I just, I felt like it was on this carousel. Um, my wife ended up, her and I got into a humongous argument actually around alcohol. We had literally been Mm. hanging out with the neighbors Um, I was drinking all day. We were hanging out in the pool and I had had my truck over there. And when I say neighbors, I mean like literally the next house over and she didn't want me to drive just next door. Like a hundred, a hundred feet. Yeah. Literally a hundred feet. And I kind of got pissed off about that because I was drunk and Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. So that actually started a awful, terrible night where I ended up getting angry. She locked herself in the room. I punched a hole in the door it was, it was not a good night. So yeah. that next day, um, you know, she was prompted to find something that would help us in our marriage. And, you know, I, I was feeling that way too, both personally and in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, she ended up finding your podcast. Um, and then a buddy of mine told me about Andy Forcella's podcast, which was called the MFCEO project at the time.
0: Yeah. But
1: um, I started listening to both of those podcasts and it just, it opened my eyes. And it's so crazy to think about it because I didn't I didn't know I was asleep until I was awake and I hate the word woke, but I felt like I had been awakened to something that, but, but I didn't know, like I had no idea there was something on this other side because I was so buried and so entrenched in this carousel and and surrounded by all of my problems and all of my issues. I just Mm -hmm. didn't know and have the tools to work through them. And, you know, I, I grew up in church Got saved when I was in third or fourth grade. Um, worked at a mega church like the whole nine, um, mm-hmm. but I, I do think that church nowadays does people a disservice because mm-hmm. they don't know how to deal with mental health issues, and that's my personal right. opinion. Um, a lot of churches they they just say, "Oh, just pray it away." You know, here's a scripture that'll make it all better. That's not always the answer. It's part of the equation, I believe, and I think that there's a ton of different tools and, and information right. that God, quite frankly, has has given. To us. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I think for, for me, like hearing your guys' story from a mental health standpoint, like from that, from the psychology and, and all that stuff and understanding like why I did the things that I did was, it was mind blowing. And then
0: mm-hmm.
1: that led me eventually to do the 75 hard. And Andy's whole thing is do hard shit. So you can do hard shit. So right. the whole idea is we do 75 hard, which is hard. Um, it's simple, but it's not easy it's very hard. It's very difficult. It takes planning. It's, it's somewhat taxing on your body, but the results are real. It's, it's, it's awesome. But the whole idea is if, when you do this hard shit, the 75 hard stuff, the the tasks that he lays out, um, Mm -hmm. you can handle other hard shit that comes in your life. Right. Um, So it just, I don't know. I I don't know that a lot of people have that mental toughness. And I think that that's, what's lacking in our society nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, just hardening my mind to understand that when I have problems in my life, like I don't have to get lost in these problems. There are mm-hmm. answers and there's ways to, you know, I, I hate to say it sometimes because people, the way I talk about it sometimes they don't necessarily like it. Like it's almost like I'm muscling through it or, you know, just, I, I don't know, just like grin and bearing it. Like it's just right. getting through it. It just grit your teeth and just do, do what you got to do. Sort of a, sort of an attitude. That's yeah. not always the right approach from a mental health standpoint because there's certain aspects of that. But, but I think it's an important aspect personally.
0: Well, so many times, and this is one thing that I talk about with our coaching clients and even just in the mental health world too. It's like, okay, as guys, mostly in our culture, in American Western culture, we're like, okay, grin and bear it, white knuckle it. Yeah. Right. And just push through any shit that comes your way. Don't talk about your feelings. (laughs) Just go, just do it. Because if you're not, you're a wuss and all this stuff. Right. And I do not advocate for that, right? Because one of the things about coaching is we think that we can white knuckle it. We think that we can do all this stuff. And if we could, if we were capable of that, we would have done it by now. You you, you understand what I'm saying? So we have to have other people to come along with us and help us. But on the 75 hard front, yes, that is part of the thing that builds that mental resilience of course, the obvious physical resilience. You know, Andy, and you know this. Andy talks about, yeah, this isn't a fitness program; it's a um, a mental toughness program, right? It builds your brain. Right now, I didn't tell you this, but I'm on day twelve, that's right awesome. of of seventy five hard. I'm like, okay, awesome. screw this. I have to. I have to do it. I have to because there's it's a just part such of a me. reset. Isn't it such yes. a reset? Like, yeah, it's, it's a amazing. it's a it's a hard reset that's, just, I don't know. I mean, we, we, you and I think we're just like you know seventy five hard freaks or whatever. Because I could talk about it forever, and I don't want to turn people away. Like, oh great, Seth's just talking about stupid seventy five hard again. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but if I could like reach into, I think you told me this too. If if I could reach into people's brains and go, this is what it will do for you. This is what it does. And like so day twelve, it's one of those times where like this morning I was just not feeling it. I was like, oh, oh man. But what do you do? You push through it, and then yep. do you think that I am upset that I went to the gym this morning? Hell no. Do no. you think I'm upset that I haven't drank for the last twelve days? No, wow. of course not. So you're always happy after you go to the gym, after you do the cold dip, after you check a day off with no alcohol. You're you're better for it, right? So okay, what was I saying? You got me on the seventy five hard train, <laughs> but so so um going going back to you know you oh. Uh, getting drunk at a party, having a fight with Robin and punching a hole in the wall. Yeah, I think we have so many emails that come in and clients, coaching clients, all this stuff. Something really shitty has to happen for like a new beginning, right? Yeah. You know, in AA, AA language, they talk about rock bottom and therapy, you know, okay, yep. That one night when we had this, the wife usually, sometimes the husband was like, nope, no more. And then that is when the real process of, rebuilding comes along so when when you listen to our podcast or Andy Frasilla and stuff just walk me through a couple of things that we that you were like yeah that maybe things you've heard before yeah but hearing them again with like different eyes you know one of my favorite sayings is um, when the student is ready the teacher will appear so I can you know have listened to something 800 times but when I'm ready for it, hear that same thing, the 800 time, if that's even a word. Uh, and then I'm like, yep, okay, let's do this. It's go time. So what yeah. were some of those things for you? Yeah, I think the first thing
1: it was learning about the growth mindset. That was mm-hmm. huge to me and, and understanding because I used to think four years ago, five years ago, I actually used to think that I was always trying to get better, but I didn't mm-hmm. realize to the degree that I actually wasn't doing that. Like I didn't truly have a growth mindset. Like I wasn't going after, first of all, I I would say that I might've had some goals like in my mind, but I would, I'd never wrote them down and I would Mm -hmm. never actually figure out the tasks that I would need to execute to actually meet those goals. So at this Mm -hmm. point, they're just dreams, number one. And number two, um, again, until you chase personal development, I, I, that's kind of the wrapper that I put around all of this, but until you chase personal development to, to a very specific point. Um, you don't understand that you actually are not, you're just kind of skating through life. And most people are, and I was mm-hmm. back then. Um, so that was that was huge. And then um, one of the things that I love about uh, Andy or that he says is mastering the mundane. Mm-hmm. So personally, I, um, I can tend to be lazy and I can procrastinate on things. Um, and this is actually a really good example that he uses is the um, that I'm actually teaching my kids. When you go to a, gro- a grocery store, your shopping cart, you empty it. What do most people do? And what did I do? Just leave it in the parking lot. Mm. So mastering mundane would actually be either returning it to their cart return or bringing Mm. it back to the front of the store. It's such a stupid, small thing. But if Mm -hmm. you can execute on that one thing, day in, day out, mastering that mundane task, there are other mundane tasks in your life that you will be able to master. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And it's even, you know, I think as men and when personally the thing that I struggle with is communicating with my wife so talking and I think that probably all the husbands listening can totally relate to that um that's actually I would consider that like a mundane thing it's a it's a very normal just mundane thing that we have to master because our wives require it they need us to communicate and talk with them and not stuff our feelings down they need us to share our feelings and for me I don't need to do that like I don't it doesn't Sometimes it makes me feel better, but it's like I think most guys are just like, oh, I'm tough and I don't I don't need to talk about my feelings. So, yeah, I, again, just mastering that those small tasks and then executing on on little things. It's it's all about the the little things in life that you can mm-hmm. that you can start to make change here and a change here and a change here that adds overall into a huge life change. And right. that's what
0: I, I really, really like that. And it makes me uh, it, I think of that saying. How you do anything is how you do everything, right? Yes. From and I don't know where I heard that from, but uh, do you do you return the shopping cart? I know one of Andy's big things, and I think about it every time I take a piss, is like wiping the seat. Yes, yes. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like, yep. well, okay, those drops weren't mine. Yes. Okay. We'll wipe I don't care. We'll wipe, it wipe it anyways, anyways. right? Yep. And it's those little tiny mundane stupid, boring things that translate into, oh, well, okay, I get all my reports done. I take super good notes. I'm fiscally responsible, all this stuff. And I make it a daily practice to talk to my wife. Why? Because she needs that. And that's one of the really difficult things for men, uh, especially for me. And Melanie, sometimes, you know, just out of the blue, she's like, hey, what are you thinking? And that is, I mean, (laughs) she... She might as well ask, Hey, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm thinking about something I'm not super good at. It's like math and chemistry and algorithms and stuff. She might as well say, Hey, how do you get to the moon? And what's the trajectory there for the space shuttle and all that stuff? I'm like, Yeah, well, you are going somewhere that I hate going. I'm yep. not good at going and whatever, you know? So I have had to retrain myself not to be like, Why, are you, why do you ask me that? That's stupid, you know? To like, wait a minute. Okay, what's the actual question? Hey, I want to know what you're thinking. I value relationship and I love you and I want to be in a relationship with you. This is yeah. one way that you can actually, I can, I can actually serve my wife yeah. by saying, Hey, every time that she says, Hey, what are you thinking? You know, not for my brain to explode, but to say, Hey, <laughs> this is an opportunity where I can connect with her and give her what she wants. And it takes
1: effort. It takes <sighs> so much effort. And one of the things, there was a speaker, I don't remember his name, but he was talking about how the guys and the girl's brain work. The girl's brains are spaghetti. All the thoughts are kind of intertwined and crazy. And that's the way Mm -hmm. us guys look at it. But us guys, we're in boxes. Like we take out a box, we unpack it and I'm in my work box or I'm in my family box. So she always, Robin will ask me instead of what are you thinking? She'll, she'll ask me what box I'm in. And
0: that's,
1: that's actually, it's almost like an icebreaker to to I I can identify okay, what box am I in? Like she asked it, we were driving yesterday to her parents for Easter and um I was kind of quiet. She could she knew I was thinking about something. She asked me what mm-hmm. box I'm in. And I said, oh I'm and it, it took me a second, but I realized I was in my work box because I got right. an email or something like that. So I was kind of thinking about work and that kind of trailed off. So um little things again little things like instead of her asking me like what I'm thinking her changing that to what box am I in actually promotes mm. that, that linkage, like you guys say. So,
0: right. Um, right.
1: And again, it's it, but it takes effort. It's so hard to do as guys, like, because it's just not a natural thing for us to sit there and let me tell you about my day and my feelings and everything that right. happened today. <laughs> I guess I, I'm not, <laughs> <don't want> that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not thinking about my, I'm thinking about, okay, what needs to go? What do I need to move here? to over here. And that's like literal, whether it's like a pile of crap that needs to be moved outside or like money transfer from this account to this account. So things are, you know, straight um, financially or just, okay, what's the plans? What, what are we doing? Right. So, uh, yeah, for guys listening to that and going, Oh, well, my wife is just, you know, kind of whatever, uh, men you're foolish. If you don't lean into that and look at the thing below the thing below the thing, right. Because Guess what? This has happened in coaching. This has also happened in therapy. When some women, to that point, she's like, yeah, 10 years of me asking what he's thinking, he just dismisses that. He says it's stupid. Sometimes women are just like turned off and not like turned off sexually. I mean, like, that's it, buddy. But also turned off sexually. <laughs> well, Yeah. I mean, that's that's like one of the first things to go, right? But yeah. then like emotionally, she's like, I don't give an F. And yeah. that happens, right? And yeah. so for guys... If, if we're in that position, which a lot of you know emails that we get, the guys are in that position. They're like, well, th- they tend to be blaming. Like, well, she doesn't do this. She doesn't do this. Guys need to wake up, like you were saying before, lift those scales off your eyes and go, yeah. what the F have you been doing to contribute to that, right? There's another quote from some book that I don't remember where I read it, but it's like, okay, the sum of your life right now is only – no. The, the state of your life right now is only the sum of every decision that has been made until yeah. now, right? Yeah. And we can even get to where we are right now. It's like, okay, well, going back four years ago to both of our journeys, to meeting in Chicago, to you know having follows, all that stuff got us to right here where we are right now. Same thing. The state of my marriage with Melanie, the state of your marriage with Robin is a sum of all the things, the good and shitty things, right? Yes. But hopefully yes. we are... Far leaning towards the good things that you know build relationship and build connection, so that's really good. Men, wake your ass up, please, for your for your and for your wife's sake. Yeah, totally.
1: And it's and it's not. This is the crazy thing, men. You're probably not like you're not doing negative things, all these shitty things on purpose. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's the lack of action that's actually causing problems. So you not it, it's either you're either doing something or you're not so action versus inaction but your inaction is causing issues and um i don't know where i heard this but um i heard that uh, sex is a is the thermometer of the relationship so i've right. talked to, to guys before and they're like yeah, you know kind of in a sexless marriage and I, you know we're just not, not having not having a lot of it and i'll i'll help them like rewind we'll talk through it i'm like well okay what's happening throughout that day and i'm sure you guys talk about this all the time with mm-hmm. like connecting with her emotionally, talking things out, things like doing the dishes or whatever, whatever tasks that, you know, she would normally do. Why don't you help her out with that? All of that stuff is going to lead into what could be a wonderful night for you, but it's your choice for, for you to take those actions or just not like it's you, you have a shitty life. You're the only one to blame. And I, I, I was thinking about this last night um, Mm -hmm. because I, my, my goal right today until Saturday. So we have a birthday party on Saturday. Um, I don't want to drink for the rest of this week. I've gained some weight since I started or ended 75 hard in October. I'm actually Mm -hmm. up about 12 pounds right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel gross. I feel Mm -hmm. just absolutely gross. I've been drinking and I actually, I had COVID, which you know um, about a month ago. And, and even through that, like I still found myself drinking while I was Mm -hmm. sick with freaking COVID. How insane Mm -hmm. is that? And that's like, that's, that's, Again, it, it's it's an addiction. Like I'm, I'm could probably be considered an alcoholic. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it's it's like how I deal with anxiety. Right. Unfortunately. Um, but anyways, so, so what I was thinking last night, like you, you are the only person to blame for your shitty existence. Like period.
0: Right. Right. That's
1: it. There is no, there is no, no other person on this earth that you can blame. Truly, if you took a hard look at your life, mm-hmm. if, wherever you are, if you're unhappy with your life. Change what you're doing on a daily basis. Period. Right. And like for me, when I drink like an absolute asshole or eat shit at night dinner, (laughs) I'm not really a dessert guy. But I, oh, let's cook a, let's get drunk and cook a frozen pizza, and I'll eat a whole freaking frozen pizza, you know, to myself. I've realized that when I make those decisions, that decisions at night, that decision steals from my morning. Mm -hmm. I would love and want to and need to get up at five a.m., read a book, grab my coffee start my workout. There's, there's, and I actually have them that, that whiteboard here. There's, there's goals, daily goals that I want to want to uh, attain, but I can't do those goals. If mm-hmm. I'm drinking like an asshole that, that previous night, cause I'm not going to wake up early. Right. I feel like shit. I'm not going to want to work out. I'm going to be lazy. But, mm-hmm. And I, we had one of those nights last night, had alcohol, ate a burger and fries last night, got up late today. You know, I'm not super hungry. I should be fueling my body with the right types of food today. Like I'm counting yeah. my macros and things like that. But like I'm mm-hmm. not hungry. I'm I'm having a hard time getting the right nutrients in because I ate and drank like an asshole last night.
0: Right. So, so you said yes to drinking last yep. night, which there's always an opposite, right? So when you said yes, the that your next eight hours, your future eight hours, you said no to waking up. Yep. Eating, drinking Word, water, working out. Yep. Reading. Right. So anything that we say yes to, we say no to something. Of course, that goes both ways. I say no, say no to drinking. I'm saying yes to 5 a.m. I'm saying yes to reading. I'm saying yes to workout. Right. So there's always like an opposite kind of thing. Right. And going back to the, the, the sex conversation with guys, um, uh, the, another uh, podcast, uh, Dr. Corey Allen, Sexy Marriage Radio, he says how we do life in the bedroom is how we do life outside of the bedroom, right? So if we're not talking about okay. our feelings, we're not connecting emotionally, then in, in the bedroom, right? Oh, we're, we're resentful in the bedroom. There's some bitterness. It's like not sex. If it happens at all, then, oh, you know what? We have other outside resentments, outside bitterness, outside laziness, outside saying no to connection and relationship kind of thing too. So yeah. I think it's, it's I think it's all related. So, okay. okay, one thing that you said, and I have two topics that I want to hit on. Yeah. One thing yeah. you said a minute ago was um, doesn't matter how shitty your life was, people can change and your life is terrible because of you and the choices you've made. Right? So yes. I 100% believe that. Sometimes I have a hard time kind of believing that and reconciling it as a therapist. Like, okay, cause clearly there's trauma, yes. there's uh, injustice, there's all kinds of, of things. Right. And there's a great quote. So the trauma, the whatever happened to you was not your fault. Yes. It was not. And I'm thinking about, you know, physical or sexual abuse or betrayal or all this stuff. It is not your fault. It is your responsibility to heal from it. Yes. Right. Your
1: reaction to it, how you handle it. Yes.
0: Right. Okay. So, oh, shit, uh, that terrible thing happened. What do I need to do? I need to go. I need to go to trauma therapy. I need to go to EMDR. I need to read books. I need to read podcasts. I have to join a mastermind. I have to talk to people who can get me through this because the number one lie ever, I think, is, oh, we can do this alone. We're fine. We're cool. Yes. I, I, I know ahead.
1: people that are close to me in my life that believe that, and it drives mm-hmm. me nuts because I right. and I know multiple people that are like that. Um, yeah, they think that they can go it alone. They think they're going to figure it out, and they... Mm-hmm. They don't have the tools, and I know because I didn't have the tools and I used mm. to think that way ah well i'll I'll figure it out I'll make it work you can't it, it's like me going out to change my tire on my truck with a plastic spoon like if you <laughs> if you came up and i'm I'm out there trying to change my tire with a plastic spoon, would you not come up to me and go, uh, you don't have the right tool to to accomplish that task right of course, yeah, you would absolutely say that so um you know i encouraging people in that way it's good, but sometimes they don't know that they're holding that plastic spoon and that's mm-hmm. the scary part for me and i didn't uh, know that many years right. ago or right. years ago
0: um,
1: i didn't know that i was trying to change a tire with a with a plastic spoon so yeah
0: until something came along like you busted your knuckle or something or who who knows what like on the thing and then it's like oh wait a minute okay let me let me at least try to do this differently i don't know what to get maybe i'll try a plastic fork oh that <laughs> doesn't work either right but then you go out first of all you realize hold on, this isn't working. Okay, uh, what can I do? Because I want it to work. Yeah. And you go out and get other resources, podcasts, books, you know, lectures, whatever it is. Um, and then the, the other piece of that is a lot of guys are going to, and women too, are going to hear that and go, you don't know me, man. And they're going to be <laughs> like really kind of push back and say, you don't know my wife. She's insane or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Melanie was legit insane. <laughs> Right. And I mean, and she'll listen to this later. So I'm not talking trash about her, but I mean, it was, it was a, a culmination of postpartum stuff, which I'm not making light of, obviously it was the uh, d- depression and then acute stress. We had two kids and all this craziness. Right. And then a real lack of personal individual differentiation. I can be happy whether or whether or not Seth is doing whatever. Right. And so like, Okay, wait a minute. I knew like she is struggling the most. What do I have to do? What can I, what stake can I put in my ground in the ground and say, Melanie, I don't care what you do or don't do. Of course, I care because I love you and I want this to work, but I'm doing this no matter what. And for us, it was setting those prayer alarms a million times a day, thinking, okay, I can't go wrong with that. I'm going to do that. Right. So I would also encourage the guys to like, Okay, don't dismiss what Paul is saying, don't dismiss what I'm saying. Think of it and go, "Oh, okay, hold on, that hurts." I th- I saw a quote yesterday and um if if we're offended by something, it's usually because it's bringing out some part of truth in us. Yes. yes. Right? I, I, I my, yes, totally. I, yeah, I, I like totally it. agree with that. And I
1: I hate to I hate to bring this part up, but that it's funny because I we see that in the church globally mm. where it it seems that the pastors speaking out the loudest against this thing, this one little thing are usually in the background doing it. It's not just them, it's Ah. it's everybody, but that's, yes, that's totally, I totally agree with that. Um, That yes. If you get offended by that, it's something, something's churning in you because it's affecting you very, very personally. I totally, totally agree with that.
0: Yeah. There's something in your spirit that like that, like your spirit caught wind of that, like, Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Even the smallest little thing, wait a minute, I'm still thinking about that. Let me lean into it. So I'd encourage the guys and gals to lean into that. Just explore it. Don't instantly write it off because, oh, guess what? <laughs> um, if, if that if that didn't offend you, then I think your life would, well, what am I trying to say? Um, look at your life first of all and go, oh, wait a minute, I'm not here. I'm not where I want to be. My relationship with my wife sucks, blah, 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 all this stuff. What is that? Okay, I'm not just going to defend that. I had a, a client, this was a therapy client a long time ago. I recommended him a, a book and something and he read it and he got so pissed at me in fact he (laughs) he 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 quit doing therapy with me he's like oh wow "Mm -hmm." and he got so offended by one line in the book and it was a um what was it it was a um Stephen pressfield and he's talking about the resistance you know i don't know if you've read any pressfield if not you showed the art of war um uh uh, doing the work and talked about stuff like this like doing really hard stuff, getting the resistance, not wanting to wake up at five, not wanting to go to the gym, not wanting to not drink alcohol. That is resistance pushing back on you towards other, like higher achieving things that you can do. And yeah. I promise you, there was one line and he quoted it. He's like, yeah, and I just read that and I couldn't. I was like, bro, you <laughs> are completely missing the thing. And he he didn't. So it's like, I I, I can't I can't help you there, yeah. right? I, I can't, I'll still be here. Sure, you want to come back and do therapy? Fine, but I really can't help you. So yeah. changing the, changing the um, topic here a little bit, let's dive into uh, alcohol and alcohol use because you and I have, it's like, I mean, we're friends anyway. I think we hit it off right away, but we're like crossed fingers, like almost identical to how we have treated alcohol, used alcohol, and even view alcohol now because, and I've talked about it a little bit on the show, and I've heard you on other podcasts talking about it. and it's such like, uh, it's hard to explain. It's such a a complicated thing because there yes. have been times and you, I've told you this offline, right? Like there have been times where if I would have gotten pulled over or God forbid anything else, I would be, yep, you have z- a zillion DUIs and you need to go to treatment far away, right? Yes. And I'm not, man, even saying that is like, oh shit.
1: It's what? embarrassing. I, I, I have that same I have that same story, same
0: experience. I, yeah, I right. It's yeah. it's, sad. So it's it sucks. It, it, it so that's that's the that's the serious. And I like started out with that to be like, okay, we're not just like yeah, alcohol. I don't know. I got drunk once and kind of was like, have a problem? No, it's not that. It's 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 much. It speaks to something I think deeper, right? Yeah. And I still to this day have not reconciled. Or, or even said, okay, wait a minute, I am an alcoholic, right? So, and I even <clears> studied this stuff, right? I'm, I am got, you know, grad degree in, in this, but then also I went and studied um, uh, addiction, addictions treatment stuff. So there's alcohol dependence and yep. then alcohol abuse, right? So now, now, alcohol dependence is the much longer drawn out, like, okay, this guy's been drinking for 20 years and uh, there's all kinds of stuff. Alcohol, did you know this, is I think the only drug that if you stop cold Turkey, you can die. Yes. Yeah. Like you can, you can be doing heroin for five years, stop like that and you will not die. You'll feel like shit and you'll want to die, but you (laughs) will not die. Right. But alcohol is actually one. If you don't drink, if you don't have that drug, it can kill you. Right. So it's, it's very different. So that's, that's alcohol dependence. Now, alcohol abuse, I think every single person alive would fall into that category. Like, yep, I got drunk. I binge drank for three days, you know, Crashed my car, you know, forgot where I parked or whatever, and I think that maybe you and I fall in that category, right? And there has there have been times in my life where I was like, okay, done, not going to drink, go a long time. Yep. Jesus, so, <laughs> so pathetic. A long time, like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So,
0: right, go a long time um, and go. Okay, not doing it, not doing it, and then. Something comes up. I'm like, okay, you know, feeling fine. Go to a birthday party. You know, it's an anniversary. Yeah. Paul's coming into town. We're going out for a steak dinner. Of course, I'm going to drink and have wine and, you know, do what? Because that's what you would do, right? And then, oh, do that. And then then the, the cycle goes, oh, uh, well, I don't know. Did it yesterday. Might as well do it today, you know, at 1 p.m. on a Saturday while I cut the grass and then that turns into Sunday when the football game's on or something. Then it turns into Monday after work and keeps on going. And then going. Taco
1: Tuesday. You can't have tacos without a margarita. I know. Line <laughs> down Wednesdays. Thirsty right, Thursdays. Right.
0: <laughs> Jeez.
1: So, so live in uh, an alcohol-centric uh, economy. Yes. Like, it's just yes. a the society. It's a societal the, the, problem.
0: The the yeah the culture around it right you go to bars you yeah. you have you have drinks with dinner you have a pre funk before the you know before the party then the after yeah. party so it's just it, we're inundated in that we're just yeah. steeped in that culture in that language right so it is really hard to to kind of step out of that that's why one thing another benefit of seventy five hard is like no alcohol is part of it right and yeah. it's just it's it's magnificent basically is all I can say. But the idea on, on that point, sorry
1: to interrupt you, because I was actually texting mm-hmm. with a buddy who's actually he just started 75 hard. And I want to say that he was one of the ones that was like, ah, that's probably not for me. But he just yeah. he recently started it because he was tired of drinking. But mm-hmm. um, we were texting this morning and we were talking about it. And it was interesting because when he makes the, the decision to take a break from alcohol, mm-hmm. he he and I agreed that even when I'm on 75 hard, you know what I'm really doing is I'm <laughs> counting down the days till I can
0: drink and eat shit again. Exactly. Yeah. Like.
1: Why why? Why do we do yeah. that? <laughs>
0: um because is it because oh Paul and Seth are just raging alcoholic losers that can't get their shit together? No, yeah. that's not it. I, I think that it's it's something deeper and uh we really have to think about this, and it's not just okay, accept it, that's just what it is, you know, whatever, whatever. It's hold on, let's challenge that thought yeah. and have some real intention behind it. Um so man, this is it's so complicated in my own brand. If like listeners can tell, I'm like kind of struggling to put all these pieces together because yeah. it is such a complex thing. It's like, okay, yeah. Um technically I know the day that I can drink again. I think I don't know, day twelve, okay. whatever the math is. It's maybe like May, no. Uh maybe May or something, May twentieth. And okay, May twenty first, go into, you know, a bar. You're gonna well, celebrate. <laughs> Right. But is that, so I've gone down that road a hundred times. One of my old professors in addictions um, studies uh, talked about, uh, you know, other, other people that struggle with alcohol can ask this question to other folks. It's like, Hey, when's the last time you quit? Mm. And at first I didn't understand that. Like, well, wait, what, wait a minute. What, what does that mean? It's like, Oh, when's the last time you quit because it's an ongoing thing. It's like, okay, sober for a year for 14 days, that's it i'm quitting blah 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 and then you 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 come back to it kind of thing right and that was really uh, it made me really think when's the last time i quit man oh okay this is something this has to be examined this has to be leaned into like a minute ago we were talking about lean into hard stuff if you get uh, offended by it lean into like okay what is what is drinking in your what is what is drinking doing in your in your life right now and i went to a therapist even to talk about this because obviously I advocate for therapy and stuff like that, and the therapist, because we were talking about drinking, and the therapist asked me uh, this question that I've asked tons of clients, but he asked me, and it really hit home. He's like, "Hey, what would it look like? What would it look like if drinking was a, wasn't a part of your life?" And at that point, I never even thought about that question. Yeah. It look like I get it. panicky when
1: I think about that, honestly, like I, yeah, it, it freaks yeah. me out. And I've even tried to schedule 75 hard in between like birthdays or anniversaries or, or like celebrations that, that I would, that I want to drink at or that I, that I tell myself that I need to drink at. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's, that's a hard thing. And like yeah. me, you're talking about leaning into hard things. I, I thought of this when you, when you said that I, 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 I've always struggled with my weight. I've always been a kind of a bigger dude. When I first started, like this is probably 10 years ago where I first realized I was like, oh my gosh, I need to lose some weight. I started mm-hmm. biking and I got I got an okay bike. I started, I wanted to eventually like road bike, like Tour de France, like road mm-hmm. bike. So mm-hmm. I got a hybrid bike, which is not as fast as, and not as sporty as those other bikes. And I was also mm-hmm. at my heaviest, so I was 243 pounds. So mm-hmm. I started biking on a kind of shitty bike at 243 pounds. And I believe that that made me stronger at biking at that weight. When I actually did like six months later, or a year later, got my road bike and went out with like a group. I was that yeah. much faster because it, it propelled me because I, I had more resistance and the same thing with weight training. You add right. more weight. It's that more resistance. So yeah. you need that in your life. We have to have that in our life. And mm-hmm. you can't, I in the past had, had kind of steered away from that. Like I, I don't like pain. Nobody likes pain. <laughs> We don't want pain. We don't want resistance in our life. We don't want struggle. But I think that's the whole point is like leaning into that and actually embracing it to a certain Mm -hmm. extent in in a healthy Mm -hmm. way, embracing it, and then working through it, like processing Mm -hmm. it properly and working through it, coming out the other side of it and going, wow. And like you said, like, I've never not once as much as I've dreaded because I run and I lift weights. There are plenty of times that I do not under any circumstances want to get my ass out there and do any sort of exercise. But after I do it, I've never not once regretted it ever. And that's what I tell myself in the beginning. I'm like, I'm not going to regret, you know, this five mile run that I'm about to do.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. You, you never regret a choice. What no matter what the choice is, uh, if it's good, you never regret it later. Like, I, I got um, a, a recent 401k statement, you know, and it said how much I had. And it was like, whoa. Okay. And I, I knew, so it wasn't like a surprise. But it was a confirmation. And then it said, um, yeah, by the time you're 65, X amount of years, you'll have, I mean, it was like close to a million dollars. yeah You know what I'm That's saying? Awesome. <laughs> so do you think for one effing second that like when I was getting the 401k deducted from my paycheck or whatever, that I'm upset about that now when I can look at, okay, in 20 plus years from now, it'll be that number? Are you you kidding me, right? It's like the feeling that I've had from finishing the first 75 hard and you can relate because you finished it as well to doing phase one, two, and three. I was like, holy shit, I did that. Seth, you did that. What does that mean? You are the type of man, husband, person, therapist, coach who does stuff like that. You are that. You yep. know what I'm saying? And like th- I mean, that obviously it, it gets me fired up because again, <laughs> I was like, I wish I could put that feeling in our in our clients' brains and like, you can have this, you can have this, you can have this. It is there. Yep. All you have to do is work for it. And I love David Goggins and Jocko Willink and all these guys who talk about that. And a lot of people, it, it really sucks. But here's the thing. Um the what I posted something a while back and got some flack for it from somebody, which is Hilarious, basically. But it says, um, uh, "The loudest haters are from the cheapest seats."
1: Yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know that. what I'm saying? I love and that. that. Yeah.
0: I saw that quote. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Because we get comments and stuff. Oh, we missed this, or we said this, or anything. You're like, yeah. "You're not. You're not getting the point." And I wish these people good. This, you know, there's definitely a time in my life when I would say and talk shit about, you know, people who had this. It's like I was the loudest hater, but I had the cheapest seat. Because yeah. I wasn't doing shit, yeah. I wasn't doing anything. I was just critiquing other stuff, and that is so powerful because it is actually there. It is, yeah. it is one hundred percent there. All we have to do is work for it. And now, and on that, on
1: that note, sorry, on that note, there's the opposite. So those are like aggressive, like ah, boo, like you suck, sort of thing, with the, the hater style. There's yeah. a, there's a, there's a subset of people that actually. Think that oh maybe this isn't for me. So there's probably dudes that are listening going yeah I could never do 75 hard. I just I lack that mental toughness. It's almost and I don't even know where that where I heard this quote but like lose the middle class mindset. So mm-hmm. like if you want if you want I, I want to have more money. I want to gain more resources. Right. I want a bigger house. I want a boat. I want a, I want multiple houses. Whatever it is. Like you got to lose that middle class mindset. So I know people that are that they're not they're not necessarily haters. But they actually are stuck in their own, like, oh, I guess that's just not meant for me. Like, mm-hmm. I even talked to um, somebody yesterday that, that mentioned that. We were talking about uh, cryptocurrency and mm-hmm. they were talking about, oh, yeah, it's for the big people. Like, I don't, you know, I don't need to mess around with that. I'm just, I'm, it's like they've already destined themselves to fail before they even start. And cryptocurrency, that's kind of a weird example, but that's yeah. the whole like their mindset is, is like, you know, oh, it's just, it's out of my reach. I can't do it. And mm-hmm. that, I used to have that mindset. Like I used to look at people that were high achieving and, and I was like, ah, oh, I don't, I I'll never be there. Like that must, it must be nice sort of a thing. So that defeatist right. attitude.
0: Right. That defeatist attitude. And so uh, our coach, cause we hired a coach. I think you, you know, we've talked about this before. Yeah. He said one of the most profound things to me and was it actually that profound? No, but coming from him who was successful, it's like, of course, you know, when the student is ready, the, the teacher will appear. Right. And he said, he looked at me square in the eye and said, Seth, and this was in the context of us building our coaching business and making a big leap and stuff. And he's like, Seth, if you don't do it, somebody else will. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that thought was like, wait a minute. I have all the faculties of doing basically whatever, right? Like, I'm very thankful that I have, I'm, I'm, I'm able-bodied, right? My, my mind is sharp. You know, I have a degree, all this stuff and this, this drive. And he just, he said... If you don't do this, if you don't build this, if you don't create this content, this coaching business, all this stuff, somebody else will. Yep. And it just hit me. It's like, Paul, with, with um, VXIT, your IT company, if you don't build it, do you think that there's other dudes and ladies out there like, oh, yeah, I can build an IT company? Yes. Of course. Uh, so, uh, so, so, yeah, there's tons, right? So, um, what is in the way? Why can't you do it? You're smart, you're strong, you're capable, Your your growth mindset. There's absolutely no reason that you can't do it. And if you don't, somebody else will, right? Yeah. I would much rather be in the spot of, okay, say you have two dudes just like you and me, right? And they, they hear of 75 hard. One says, oh my gosh, what's the deal with that? No, both of them say, oh, that would be really hard, okay? But well, guess what? One of them is going to do it. The other one is not. Okay. I would always, forever infinity, Rather be, oh, I'm the dude that did it, Yeah, right? I'm the dude that quit his job. I'm the dude that built a coaching uh, uh, um, empire, right? I'm the dude that led a zillion couples, well, with my wife as well, to a different plane. You know what I'm saying? Because I think, again, there's a lot of similarities with you and I growing up in the church, all this stuff, limiting belief. Oh, that's for other people, right? Forever, I was like, oh, well, that successful guy. Well, that's for him. right well that's for her I guess I don't know his dad was this and now he's that so that's for them right there's zero reason we all know this right so listeners there's zero reason um so uh, uh, my our coach we just dropped an episode I just did one of these with our our coach right and he said something in his thing he's like okay you know what um your excuses don't outweigh my resources to tell you why your excuses are shit (laughs) I love that that's you amazing. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. from what, from quotes, or like going through it yourself, or or just be like, okay, yeah, that's I, you know. Oh, guess what? I thought the same thing, but I went this way instead. Why can't you? Well, because oh no, lame. We're not we're not going to do that, right? Yeah. So just just taking that growth mindset and applying it to marriage, applying it to fatherhood, which we haven't even talked about, which I, I think we're kind of butting up against time here. Um, but to individual stuff, and there was one more thing that I wanted to talk about I feel like we didn't actually wrap up the the alcohol conversation, oh that's yeah. right yeah so, I, um, we're real quick on the alcohol thing because I, I think this is kind
1: of where we're going with that mm-hmm. here's here we were talking about the complexity of it and trying to like explain like w- why and how we deal with it so and I was talking about this with my buddy earlier, but mm. I, I i I have a stressful life because I run a business and i when I get home i I need to feel normal that's the the sentence that that comes into my mind so I need to like come down off of this anxiety, off of the pressure. So mm-hmm. I drink to just kind of like settle my brain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then, as far as my wife is concerned, I have a problem talking to her and communicating with her and connecting mm. with her that way. But if mm-hmm. you put a few drinks in me, guess what? I am little chatty, Kathy. I'll super sit there. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm super fun. Right. And great kids. My kids stress me the hell out sometimes. They drive me. Yeah. They drive me bananas. They really, really do. But. I get a couple of drinks in me and I'm a fun dad and I can connect with my kids. So I use alcohol to bring me to a level, I, I, up or down, whatever it is, to mm-hmm. get me to that point where I can connect with my wife. I can forget about work for the most part or, or ease that anxiety about work and just day to day life and stuff like that mm-hmm. and connect with my kids. So that's, that's, that's what I do to, to, um, combat that now on the mm-hmm. flip side, because the chemicals in alcohol and what it does to your body, it's mm-hmm. literally poison and it actually because- So when I wake up in the morning, or even in the middle of the night, I deal with anxiety. Like I have generalized anxiety disorder, Mm -hmm. Um, so it just makes that worse. So Mm -hmm. I'm drinking to fight the anxiety, but the drinking is also causing the anxiety. So it's this ugly, ugly loop. And on top of that, um, and this is me being real vulnerable, but I have my Mm -hmm. medical marijuana license in Florida, so I have I can uh, smoke marijuana. Yeah, Um, I got that. I picked it up because I was like, oh, this will help me to stop drinking so much didn't guess what I now do I drink and I smoke marijuana (laughs) so Uh. it's now compounded now I will say it actually has helped with the amount that I would drink on a daily Mm -hmm. basis um Mm -hmm. because it actually I don't and this is my personal belief I don't know why it's um illegal alcohol is I feel way shittier it makes me feel angry and and it just alcohol does something to me that marijuana does not and I'm sure people have different beliefs on that but um, so anyways, that's my that's my cycle. I don't know if that's the same. for yeah. you.
0: no, well, it, it is. But like going so back when I was doing addiction studies, it is so and it's if you don't if people don't know about this, research it, but be prepared to get your brain just blown away and you'll just go into a rage, everything. So uh, alcohol has killed a zillions more people than hemp or marijuana products, right? And the federal government classifies marijuana in a different different um, class, I forget what class, class, whatever drug, right? That's because of like historically like the lobbying and stuff like that. So it's, it's all tied to the government. It's all tied to the justice system. It's all tied to money because Marijuana has a lot of benefits, right? And I don't even smoke. In fact, there's a hilarious story when I did one time. I think I told you at one point when it's was just blockers, <laughs> but it's so like comical. But anyway, um, and you'll just lose your mind if you get into the weeds on that and go, this is one of the worst things ever. And then like all the big money, the alcohol companies lobbying, all this stuff. It's just, it's crazy. And then the big pharma, they know that marijuana has, you know, all these, all these benefits, actual benefits. But guess what? If that's illegal, you can grow it at home. You don't have to go to the drugstore to buy it. Okay. Yeah. Who loses billions? The drug companies, right? But anyway, um, <laughs> what, what were you saying? Okay. So yeah, alcohol also is classified. Like you, you, have, you have stimulants, you have, um, you have psychedelics, you have depressants and one other or two others. I can't remember. But alcohol is a drug classified as a depressant, yeah. right? It depresses your nervous system just like a benzodiazepine or any other um, uh, uh, anxiolytic drugs, right? So, oh, we're drinking to relieve stress. We're drinking to uh, get in a better mood. But guess what? Slowly in the background, you're depressing your nervous system. Then no wonder you have increased anxiety. No wonder you have increased depression. Well, you feel those things. Well, I'll drink more, right? And I'll drink more. And it's just a cycle that just gets bonkers, right? So for me... Um, what does it look like? Because I have, you know, attempted like, okay, not going to drink anymore, you know, go 90 days, 100 days, you know, or like two days, literally, right? Then feel super shitty after I fail, right? Oh, okay. Well, whatever kind of thing. Um, but what is it? Okay, clearly, there are underlying things that we need to take care of, right? Real talk, right? Okay, we we do things Uh, that act as certain coping mechanisms because this other stuff is a little too hard to deal with, right? And then uh, coping mechanisms, no matter what they are, they always work. They always work. Drugs, alcohol, sex, uh, working out, they always work for a time, right? And then we start to begin to use more, like, oh, wait a minute, that's not working. Do more, 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 right? So they always work for a time. And uh, when I tell therapy clients this, uh, oftentimes, wait a minute, that thing that you were doing to cope, it worked great for a while, right? It worked awesome for a while. So, okay, that was actually good, right? Now it's not working anymore. What are we going to do, right? Now the benefits are far diminished from the negative adverse effects. Feeling like shit, okay, not, not focusing on your stuff, not waking up, sleeping in, gaining weight, all this stuff, getting more depressed. So what is it that we do? Okay, um, we don't go into the shame cycle say, what's wrong with me? I can't even get my stuff together. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Then you drink more, right? So I tell people, number one, don't get in the shame spiral, right? Paul, don't get in the shame spiral. Seth, don't do that because that does not help. Number two, go, all right, what would it look like if I drank less? Hmm, okay. I would get more of the things I want. Okay, what do I need to do to get to that point? Do things like 75 hard. Have accountability partners out the ass. Get an app. There's a um, I think it's uh NOMO, uh the Nomo app. It says, you know, X days alcohol free, and then it has other support things. I I have that on my phone, it's pretty good. So get accountability, right? And then go, all right. What does this look like in a balanced way? Because if you're anything like me or listeners are anything like me, I can go super hard, balls to the wall. Uh Melanie says, uh bacon to the bricks. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of a funny, like anatomy thing, right? Walls to wall or bacon to the bricks, all in. Yeah. 75 hard, I'm ripping ass every day. Okay. I'm kicking everybody's ass, blah, 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 And I do really good at those things, right? But yep. then on that 76th day, what do we do, Paul? Oh, party time, let's go. Yep. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So that is about as unbalanced as a person can be. I'm running hard as I can, all out, all out. And then then I'm just going to lay there. For ten yeah. days straight, no, that doesn't work. So I was listening to another podcast recently. Actually, it was on the um, Order of Man podcast with Ryan Mickler, and he had this guy Ethan suplee or yeah. Supply, and he was a, a actor. He's like a super morbidly obese actor. He was in um I think yes. Friday Night Lights, right? um, um Titans Clash of the T- Remember the Titans. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Like I all saw those him movies. on
1: YouTube. Great. Amazing,
0: absolutely yeah. amazing. Like, I think that he lost two hundred and like thirty pounds. Yeah, it's crazy. He lost that much, right? Yeah. So he was talking about what works for him. I would suggest uh people go listen to that Order of Man Ethan Suplee uh episode. And he said, "Okay, you know what? I can do all this stuff." He was like, "Yeah, I'm, you know, committed to 500 calories a day, doing this diet, doing that." Of course, 500 calories a day, you can't do that. That's just bonkers, okay. right? I mean, for any length of time. And he says, "So what works for me?" Um uh what what did he say? He said uh balance. What does it look like? Right. So I was thinking about that because I can go again, two workouts a day, kicking ass, everything. Two, I'm eating pizza for breakfast. I'm drinking. I'm serious. I'm drinking. I'm drinking before 12.
1: Yeah. On a
0: Wednesday, if I don't have to go to work, just all this stuff, it's complete opposite. So what does it look like? And I've done that cycle for years and years and years. So what does it look like for me? So I'm, I'm really thinking about this. And as I'm on 75 Hard, I'm really taking the time to actually think about this and do it differently this time to make a very long-term impact basically for the rest of my life is what I'm looking for. So I know, okay, after 75 Hard, I commit to a 45-minute workout no matter what it is. Yep. Every single day, no matter what. Um, if it's walking or if it's like maxing out at the gym. Either one, either one works. So, that's not crazy balls to the wall. That's in balance, yeah. right? And then right now, 75 hard, you have to drink a gallon of water every day. That's a lot of water, right? What? Okay. What is... Ah, well, I know. I got the half a gallon one here, right here. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, pro tip for, for 75 hard, put a little apple cider vinegar in your water and it tastes... No, it's good. Is it's it? like... Yes, it's sweet, smell of it. <laughs> and it, but it has to be apple cider vinegar, right? Bragg's the organic kind, but anyway, and it's sweet and it has like probiotic stuff for your body. So anyway, um, so, okay, what does that look like for me? It's balance. It's yeah. a 45-minute workout, no matter what it is, every day. Yep. Half a gallon of water, that's not crazy. That's not balls to the wall. That's not anything. And I haven't figured this part out. What part does alcohol have to play in that, right? Because I guarantee when we see each other again, which this seems to be like whenever we see each other in person, we go to a steak dinner, you know, like a really nice, which is the best thing in the world. I love it. I love you and Robin. It's so much fun. Um, next time we hang out, hopefully it's in South Florida, go to a steak. Do you think I'm not going to drink when I'm there? Yeah. Of, of, of course I will, right? And I'm not like setting you up for, for like failures like, hey, Paul, you know, we're going to hit you up. We're going to like get drunk. No, I'm not saying that. So, yeah. but it's in balance. So. What does that look like? I know what it doesn't look like. It does not look like starting drinking at 11 on a Saturday, day drinking all day, right? It does not look like that. It does not look like um, grabbing a drink on the way home from work anymore because I've gone there a million times. It can't look like that. What it looks like is, hey, when I go out and hang out with good friends, we have some drinks, okay? Me and Melanie go on a date night, have some drinks. That's all and just leave it at that. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't shame yourself. Don't try to get into some crazy ass system that only sets you up for failure because that is going to be part of the cycle. And then have a growth mindset around it. Hey, why do I just drink like crazy? Is it something I need to go talk to a therapist about? Is it something I need to be into like more of an acute accountability thing with? Okay. If it is, let's lean into that. Right? And then also, what does it look like to connect with my kids without alcohol? hmm what does it look like right theoretically what does it look like to uh talk to robin about you know deep feelings without alcohol on a wednesday evening at 8 30 p.m when i have work tomorrow Hmm. what does that look like (laughs) It's yeah Yeah. but it's effort it's effort that i have
1: to put in Mm -hmm. and i think what what you're saying is and i think this is a good um encouragement for anybody like the 80 20 rule Like just Mm -hmm. win 80% of your week, your month, your day, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that list that I have behind me um, on my blackboard, you know, no alcohol, read 10 pages a day, lift, water, run, journal, and and waking up at five. Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I I had, I started checking that off on that board, but I'm actually going to put it in an Excel spreadsheet and I'm going to check off like when I do those things. And my Mm -hmm. goal in a week is basically to do 80% of that. In a week, if if mm. you can just do, you don't have to strive for perfection. Well, you strive mm-hmm. for perfection, but you don't have. You're not going to get it every time. So just right. do it more times than not. Just consistency, and, and be consistent about that balance. I, I love that because yeah. you can't. It, it's okay. So yesterday was Easter. Have a have a couple pieces of chocolate. Who cares? Mm-hmm. It's a, you didn't like for me. Like I didn't get this heavy overnight, and I'm not going right. to get to my goal weight overnight either. It's going to take consistency. Mm-hmm. And me working at it day in and day out, and it's the same thing with mm-hmm. my alcohol and my relationship with my wife and my, my relationship with my kids. It's all. Mm-hmm. It takes work. It takes you doing it daily, finding that balance. And if you screw up, it's okay. Right. If I screw up,
0: move on. Period. Right. That's it, it. You're. You're. I. I. have heard of the 80, 20 thing, but I've never really thought about it in the context that you're saying it. And I. I. I think that can be super powerful. So, eighty percent you're kicking ass, right? Yeah. You're doing your stuff. And then 20% isn't a like, oh, well, I can just not give a damn 20% of the time. No, that's not it. If, yeah. if a, you know, if you come into town, if a party's happening, if you're on vacation, okay, I'm still hitting 20%. And that is not the extreme of like, if this is black and white, this is 0% or 100% because that's where I've set myself up for failure in the past. And uh, this saying, what gets measured gets managed. Yes. So I really love the 80-20 rule on these specific targets and say, Yep, hit it. Hit it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. man, I I'm I'm 85%. Great. Yeah. Oh shit, I hit 79%. Why? Yeah. What was it? Okay, now I'm you know restarting, starting at whatever 80-20, and then keep on going. There's I'm in a part of a mastermind, and this this guy created this spreadsheet from the day he was born to the, uh, the, the average male lifespan, I think, which is 80. And it was the craziest thing I've ever seen because it literally had all, all his days alive Holy on son. a spreadsheet, right? <laughs> and I think he was like 55 or something like that. And I don't know how many thousands of days that is, but it put it into very stark contrast of, this is these are all the days that I've lived and this is how much I might live. Don't let one day go to waste. And I recently started a countdown timer and I have uh, 570 days until I'm 45, right? So I have very specific goals by the time yeah. I'm 45. What do I want to do? And it's on an app, my, my phone, literally. let me. I'll tell you how many days I have because it's a countdown thing. And I'm like, okay, don't mess around because Seth Studley, you have... 569 days until you're 45. I love that. I That's love crazy. That. And me even saying 45 makes me sound like a really old person, but <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like I'm 32. <laughs> I swear, I was like, I'm 32, so what's up, MFers, you know, kind of thing. So, okay, um, I know we're, we're butting up against time, and Paul, so, man, I love you guys. I love you and Robin. You guys are so fun and so nice, and I, I thank you for the influence that you have been in our lives, literally pushing me to do 75 hard, pushing me to like have more of an entrepreneur growth mindset thing. It's invaluable. I really appreciate that. Thank you for spending this time. Are there places that you want people to go if they have IT needs or like follow you on uh, Facebook or Instagram? I know you kind of go back and forth on that, but where can people find you if they want to get in contact with you?
1: Yeah, I have a Facebook profile, but it's an empty one with no friends. And so don't hit me up there, but definitely hit me up at Instagram at Paul mm-hmm. Jr. J-R. So P-A-U-L-V-E-D-D-E-R-J-R. They can find me on Instagram. My company is VXIT.com. VXIT.com is the website. Um, and yeah, but I, I'm on Instagram. I'm an open book. People want to reach out. I love having conversations like this because I truly believe, not I believe, this is a fact. You mm-hmm. guys sharing your story helped me overcome what I was coming in my bed what I was coming into in my life. Like just Mm -hmm. hearing your story, you guys being open and honest and vulnerable was, was huge because I understood that I wasn't alone in my struggles. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I I'm very vulnerable. I'm very honest with people and I'm, I'm an open book. You guys can ask me anything. So if you want to connect with me on Instagram, hit me up, I'll give you my cell. We can text, whatever. I don't, I don't care. I'm, I, I love helping. And I've, I've actually connected through, cause we've done, we've done an episode or two um, with mm-hmm. you guys. I've done some other podcasts and I've actually developed some relationships through, through that, where I've kept in contact with, with other dudes and like one was doing 75 hard and um, it's been really, really good. So, and they, mm-hmm. they speak into my life. They've been able to, to provide value to me. So it's the, I think the important thing to realize is we're, we're all human, we're all in this together, we're all going to the same place, we're all we've all been born, we're all going to die. And if mm-hmm. you think that you're above anybody else or beyond anybody else, you need to rethink your mindset on that cuz we're we're all doing this together. So,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Love it. Listeners, uh take Paul up on that. Uh don't like flood his emails or anything like that <laughs> or maybe do, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't want you to get overwhelmed. But Paul, I I it, you're you're somebody that um I feel is I I And overall like beyond an asset for you to be like in my court you know what i'm saying like you you and robin and i Yo, thanks man but i i really appreciate that so guys add value add value like paul does to his clients to his friends to his family and uh yeah we can do it if we set our mind to it so thanks man so much yeah absolutely all right bro talk to you later
1: all right see ya